Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. I've been looking forward to this episode, and I hope you are too. I got my buddy RJ Grimshaw, the CEO of Unify Equipment Finance, a division of Bank of Ann Arbor in the studio. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Go blue. Go blue. So RJ and I do a ton of business together. We've been friends. It's more than a business relationship mm-hmm. by a long shot. And um, and I really like the way RJ thinks. And today's specific topic is entrepreneur versus intrapreneur. How does someone within an organization have an entrepreneurial spirit, feel, vibe, and make it work for them inside the umbrella of a corporation? Mm-hmm. And you, of all my friends, have done it better than anybody. Well, so thank you. You're thank welcome, you. buddy. Welcome aboard. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here, and I always look forward to my trips down to Dallas, and, and more importantly, our time together just talking about life, business, yeah. where kids, we're at, vision, wives. kids, wives. Uh, and it's always positive conversations. So my head always leaves dinner afterwards, my head spinning, and I lay in bed wide awake all night thinking about all the all the, the art of the possibilities. So yeah. um, I appreciate the compliment on on uh, being uh, an entrepreneur within a company, and it's I'm very passionate about the topic and continue working on the topic to educate people because as we were at Grant Cardone's event, uh, your book uh, event, there were so many people there that were entrepreneurs because they think it's sexy and it's yeah. a cool thing to be. But at the end of the day, probably 80% of those folks shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But they might have the right set mindset to be an entrepreneur within a, a structure of an organization. And they can take that passion and skill set to do that, which I've done. I was an entrepreneur at a young age at 22. I grew up watching my dad be an entrepreneur. Um, construction business, construction, bar business, restaurant bar business. Bar business, all that. So he funded my first bar business, bar restaurant business for my brother and I when I was 22. We Which took, is still in existence. It, he, actually, my brother just sold it. He oh, just he sold it after 25 years. He sold it March 3rd. Wow. Uh, he's now out, but he's right into a new business, uh, embroidery. And, and, and his passion is really drafting and art. And he's really good at that graphic art. So, uh, But it was a, a business funded by my dad. He started us and we grew it from a, an idea to a million dollars in revenue. And my brother ran it for 20 25 years. And if you, as you know, to run any business for that long, let alone a bar restaurant <laughs> business, you're, you're, you're doing something, uh, something right. And mm. it was time for him to get out. But I took that mindset and went into corporate America and um, just did certain things that other people around me weren't doing in terms of taking ownership of, of certain projects, um, taking calculated risk. Um, and it, it paid dividends for me. Yeah. And people don't realize that they can do that within an organization. They think they have to go outside of that yeah. to do it. Yeah. And then they struggle doing it, and then they're miserable at work as well, where um, if they think about it, they can do that within an organization. I've had people in my company do that. They take ownership of things, and they truly are an entrepreneur. And nine out of ten, ten times, they're probably doing something as a side hustle anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right? a good call. Yeah, yeah. So they got a franchise or they're doing something on the weekends mm-hmm. or they got some apartments or some rentals or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Ex- exactly. Matter of fact, the, a lady that we were hired last December, which was a, a, a two day, I met her on Tuesday, I hired her on Thursday, one of those type of interview processes where you just know she has a side hustle. She has yeah. a cleaning business that she runs on the weekends because every everyone needs more money. Yeah. And she's trying to figure out a way how to do that. But internally in Unify, she takes ownership. She is an entrepreneur running her own division, and we provide her the culture in order to be able to do that. So there's a lot of pieces to this that, that people really need to get your hands around. The first piece is... 
Um, there is a money piece. There is a money piece. Which says somebody's got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So that that gets in the way of entrepreneurs leaving the entrepreneur world. And and you're right. A lot of times they are unhappy about that. So, so they've got to figure out the money piece. But secondly, they've got to figure out the mindset piece that says it doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be both. And in fact, if you play your hand right, and the second business, the side hustle, the personal ATM that I call it, is done properly, like a business should be done, it may actually be a hands-off type of a side mm-hmm. hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not have to be the one digging the ditches or raking the leaves or mowing the lawns or moving houses on the weekends or painting houses or whatever it is. You might be able to just buy a couple rent houses and hire a management company and just collect your check. Done that. We've done that. It's recurring revenue. Uh, and then back to your thing, it's mindset and attitude. If you have that mindset and attitude as an entrepreneur, you, you, you'll never lose that. That's God given to you. Yeah. It's, it's difficult when you see people that try and uh, build it. It's sort of like a leader. Either you're a leader or you're not. If you're yeah. a leader, you want to become better and work on that. Same thing if you want to be an entrepreneur you know, and start your own company. Now you take that within an organization, and there is rewards for that. Yep. I, I've been very well. Yep. I've done very well, been very blessed, and my risk yeah. has been zero. Well, you have a lot of risk, though, in our relationship. I mean, you, you, you are in charge I am. Of, a, of a division of a publicly traded bank that looks yeah. to you for RevGen yeah. and margin. They really don't even care about the RevGen so much. I mean, you've got to deploy the, the assets, mm-hmm. but they want to know, hey, RJ, how much should we make on it? I, I have a meeting every single month with my board of directors and my chairman uh, to provide updates. So it's a monthly monthly meeting that I have to uh, attend and, and present at. Yeah. And it's so it's, it's you know, there's nights laying awake. How are we going to get to our plan numbers? How, how are we going to do that? And uh, the other thing is, in, in effort, same as you, is I'm worrying about the other people in the organization that, that work within our company. It's them and their husbands or wives and their kids. And totally. not only just RJ and Marianne, it's everyone within Unify I'm making decisions for. Totally. Uh, and those, that's what keeps you up at night. But that's why we do what we do, because we love it. We, we love to lead. So let's talk about the money piece, though, because here's what everybody's got to get their hands around. It's extremely difficult to replace the money as an entrepreneur that you can enjoy and make sure and know the check's going to clear as an entrepreneur. So let's just use a guy at 50 grand. Someone to turn a a side hustle into a $50,000 a year income, right? Not rev gen. Income, take home, after taxes, after bills, after utilities, after payroll, after da 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 da. You know, I don't know. Depending upon the business, it's a seventy-five to one hundred thousand dollars business, and that's that's depending upon the business, right? But my point is, it's not that difficult to work for a company and make fifty thousand dollars a year, or seventy-five thousand dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars a year, or a hundred and fifty, or two fifty. It starts to get a little more challenging, but you can go up from there. To replace that income as the entrepreneur is a completely different ball game. Mm-hmm. So all these guys that are stuck in this one foot on the boat, one foot in the dock, needs to start looking at the money piece and say, is it even possible that your side hustle can replace what you're making inside the company? And you didn't even speak of yet of investment to start that company. Right. Do you have the money to even get it going? <laughs> to, to start it. Yeah. And, and you have to repay that, that those dollars where if you can impact your bottom line of the business that you're working within, that increase of salary will automatically happen. There's two types of employees in every single company. There's a functional and a vital. 
And as right now, everyone's doing extremely well. I, we call it fat, dumb, and happy, right? Everyone's yeah. making money. Business yeah. are doing well. Guess what? When we hit the next recession, which we, we will hit, who knows when, there'll be a downsizing again. And if you take an entrepreneur mindset within your company, you'll be a vital employee. And guess what? You'll be one of the last people on that company or with that company. And if not, your skill set is transferable. You can go somewhere else. If you're just a functional employee, rubber stamping things, showing up nine to five, no ownership, just doing your job, barely minimum, you're going to be out of a job. And most likely, those skills aren't going to be transferable. Love it. It's a choice that has to be made, too, because let's be straight about it. When you become a father, you will make a choice between being a great father, and I'm not here to define what a great father is, but I am here to talk about the difference between being a father and being an all-in business person. Mm -hmm. And you and I both made that choice, and I'm not sure we even realized it, because we defaulted to being great dads, Mm -hmm. right? You got two boys, I got three. We said we're going to be great dads for these boys. Correct. But guess what? The time coaching, the time at the games, it took time away from our careers too. Mm -hmm. And so the person has to begin to get comfortable with the choices. We made the choice father first, Mm -hmm. but of course career. And the reality is knowing you as well as I do, uh, our careers did get in the way of being the greatest fathers we could be. Right? We were on the road. We were stressed. We were all that sort of stuff. But- we said we're willing to take a little bit of a reduction of intensity in our careers to be there mm-hmm. for our kids. The same mindset has to apply with the person deciding entrepreneur or entrepreneur. Uh, at some point, you just got to sleep in the bed that you made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for so many people, man. And you have to, it's very hard, one, to make that decision. And two, after you even make the decision, are you fully committed? Because yeah. you have to be fully committed. Yeah. And you have to be committed because there's just one for the company that you're willing to invest yourself in. And and how many people complain within the company that they, they work in that there's no advancement or no future opportunity? It goes back to high, high impact, high return. If you're not giving high impact within your company... You can go start your own company on the side, and guess what? You're not going to be successful because you don't have the right attributes to impact and the passion and the desire. Just because you're not doing it here doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it here, right? If you're a good leader, you're a good leader. It doesn't matter if you're leading your company, if you're coaching your kids' sports, if you're at the chamber, if you're donating. You're a leader. You walk into a room, you're a leader. It's the same thing if you want to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter if it's an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. If you're going to be one of the other, you have to be passionate. You have to have ownership. And 90% of the people don't have that. They say they want to be an entrepreneur. You know, they want to start their own business. But they're probably in their mother's basement hoping. Dude, they're probably not doing either side Correct. Well. So, so the, the, the question that's going to come from the audience is, but what if that opportunity doesn't exist within my organization? Mm-hmm. What if they, they tamp down my entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial spirit? What do we do? You you find an organization that has a culture that will allow that. You freaking leave. That's what you do. Yeah, you no, you, I'm not saying you leave, but, but you, you search out before you leave because you don't want to be jobless. <laughs> search out the organization because that is a key component of, of entrepreneurship for the business owner as well as the person because you have to be 
directly aligned to the strategic vision for both parties. Yes. It's a win-win situation. And if you're not winning, find an organization that you can go and do that within, and they're out there. Yep. But you have to add value. It's just not a resume and, and I'm applying for the job. You have to walk into that CEO, vice president, owner of the business and say, here's my skill set. This is what I can do for you. This is what I'm good at, and I'm going to own it. And and they'll take you. I mean, if someone walked in here and could add value tomorrow to you, you're going to listen. That's exactly what I'm getting at, is that the argument that it doesn't exist is simply not true. There are tons of organizations that want an entrepreneur who has a street smart business mindedness, who is very comfortable working under the umbrella Mm -hmm. of the the big company. I call it a McDonald's within the McDonald's, a brand within the brand. Love it. You're developing your own brand, and we're big fans at Unify for people to develop their own brands, just like I have. Go out and develop your own brand because it's going to be a win-win for both parties. If you develop your own brand, people are going to be attracted to you. And people don't like working with faceless companies anymore. They want to work with someone that they know who they're doing business with and, and they can partner with and knows the good, bad, and indifferent, and they want to be aligned. That's why we do business. We're like-minded. And we met on social. We met on social. So so let's talk about this personal branding thing for a little bit because um, I just don't see it go on much in my organization. I don't think people understand. I use this example in the book. If you work for, an, you're an apartment leasing person, you lease apartments, and you walk around that apartment and you're showing the one bedroom and the two bedroom and the three bedroom and the pool and the fitness and you're building an Instagram and your social media account and you build a follower. And then the new apartment complex gets built across the street. You're way more valuable to that new apartment mm-hmm. complex than the person that just submits a resume and says, yeah, I got some experience. Dude, you can go to the new apartment complex and take <laughs> pictures of the of the one bedroom and the two bedroom and the granite countertops and the gym and the pool and bring business. Mm-hmm. They will move with you. You can charge for that mm-hmm. shit. You can go ahead and get paid more for that brand. There's a premium. There's a premium for your brand, but it takes work. Yeah. And so what are what are we waiting for? Why 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 are we all wait why are so many people waiting for this personal brand to be developed? Because it's work. It's work. It takes work. It take and it doesn't it, it's not an overnight success. I've been working on my personal brand for 15 years and I continue to work on it. And it's a disciplined process of I know Saturday mornings when I get up in my morning coffee, yeah. I'm working on content for my blog, I'm working on my website, I'm working on my social media. I'm working on it and it takes work. Ah, it does. It and sure people does. don't want to do it. And I'm always people always say, "Well, you're giving away your secrets." No. Because they have to do it. They have to execute. <laughs> and they have to implement. And 9 out of 10 people won't do it or they're afraid to do it. Yeah. The one thing that has not existed at all in our business is no one's stealing our, our secrets no. and doing it. No one is putting the crap into play. <laughs> and so back to the personal brand, it's frustrating for me because everybody thinks they have to be the leader of content creation like you and I. Because mm-hmm. neither of our organizations create the content. Mm-hmm. We are the drivers of the content. Mm-hmm. And yet, what I say to my guys all the time is, you don't have to create anything. Just share my stuff. Just hit share. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then they say, well, but that's weird because I have to trust the organization. And this is my personal page, right? I don't want to mix the, the combination between my friends and my business. And my response to that is, I'm interested in your, your opinion, is, dude, it's all connected. It's life integration. There's no there, separation. There's no, work, there's no separation. There's no life-work balance. It's integration of both. It's your brand is, is your brand at work as well as your personal brand. And that's the way I love it. I don't want a work brand and a 
home life brand. I want my brand to be the same. Because you and I both operate at a better frequency Mm -hmm. when it is all connected like that. When we have to separate the two, it's sort of like a stick in the wheel. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. And my wife knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I know Rocky knows it. It, It's it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. You just went through this on this uh, spring break trip Mm -hmm. to Florida with your boys, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. Marianne. And and you're you're posting on social about it, and out of the blue, a potential vendor who you didn't know did not know hits you up and says, "Hey, I'm close. I've seen you. We should meet." Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, "Guess what, Marianne? We're going to dinner mm-hmm. with some people." And we did, and we had a great time, and, and and we we talked business, got to know these gentlemen, and matter of fact, we've now funded four or five transactions for mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and it was all driven because of social media. I wasn't, you know, here's the here's the negative people's. I don't want to brag where I'm at. I don't want to brag about what I'm doing. If I take a beautiful picture of the ocean behind me with my son that I haven't seen for six months because he's been away playing hockey, I don't feel I'm bragging, <laughs> right? My mom loves that. That's how yeah, she keeps yeah, up with where we totally. are in the, in, in the country and what's going on. Yeah. So that's all I did. And all of a sudden, he's now sending me direct messages. We want to meet. We want to do business with. We've been looking for a source like you. Yeah. We've researched Unify. we researched Bank of Ann Arbor. You're here. We know you're on vacation. We will buy you drinks. We'll buy your dinner. Yeah. And all of a sudden now my wife, which you know my wife, Marianne, is very a huge part of our of my business at Unify. You know, she knows all the employees. We've had them to our house. Yeah. She she takes she's passionate about Unify and the success. Yeah. So for her to meet another business partner or a potential business partner, that's that it's significant. And then the other thing, I like to get her input if she trusts them and if she likes them and if we're like minded. Yeah. It's a good call. Right? So I want to talk about a little bit of roadmap for somebody because here's what I would say to someone who has the entrepreneurial mindset in in someone else's entrepreneurial world. I would say, ask for the problem child. Go to the boss and say, look, I think I can do that piece better. It didn't have to be, you don't have to take over a division. You could just say, as some guy in my office did, I'd like to, what, do you, what problem can I help you solve? I said, get out of my face first off. And you know what problem I got? Go clean the storage room. That son of a gun cleaned that storage room like it was a like it was a military latrine. <laughs> Got my attention. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy moly, man, mm-hmm. you did a great job. You know what he does? What other problems you got from me? Mm-hmm. I said, man, go create us a newsletter. Guy creates a newsletter. And here we go. Mm-hmm. So find the doggone problem in the organization and go solve it. And what happens if you get on of the guts to go talk to your boss about it? Let me ask you that question, because that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid if I ask, they're gonna say no. Should they do it anyway? I believe they should, but you have to bring a solution. Bring the problem. If if someone walks in my office and they can either make a process or a product better around process or product development, we and we've done that. We did that with a, a an employee that brought us this product that I thought would never work, but I allowed them to run with it, and lo and behold, it works. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get in the way. He didn't own. He didn't own that that division or that group. He wasn't compensated for it. He just went and did it because he knew that it would make our company stronger and better. He had to rely on his own resources, his own time. He still had to complete his own duties yep. on a daily basis. But guess what? He now takes that skill set and he knows how to do that. He knows what it did to he's build up. He's far out. more valuable. He's far more. He's a vital employee. Vital. And guess yeah, what? Yeah, At valuable. the end of the year, when bonuses come out, guess what? <laughs> yeah. He was looked upon differently than the person who shows up nine to five, that functional employee. And again, I'm not discounting functional employees because we all need functional employees. Yeah. But if you want more money and you want to be more valuable to the organization, you can be an entrepreneur and be able to do that and not go do this side hustle and 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 do that. So, uh 
in, important for, for listeners to understand this, though. If you bring that to a guy like me or RJ, you just planted the seed. So we're going to be coming back to you. And, and we may not do it in the most perfect place, but we're now looking for that value. Because if you took ownership like that, we expect you to take ownership. So if you just limp in and 30 days later, I'm like, hey, how's that thing going? And you're like, oh, yeah, it didn't work out. See, that's not good for us. No. You've and actually gone backwards. You've gone backwards. You've gone backwards, you unfortunately. You, you have failed. And you would do the same thing if you're trying to start your own business. If you can't do it with an organization, Beautiful if, you, if you take an initiative and you can't, execute upon that why the heck do you think you can do it out on your own yes man. because guess what it's a heck of a lot harder out here when you're trying to do it with your own resources versus the resources that i can give you i love that look i say get paid on somebody else's dime to learn mm-hmm. and figure it out mm-hmm. and like i've said many times before the number two to number 10 person at facebook that nobody knows is still worth a billion dollars it's perfectly fine to work underneath the umbrella. The key is, is it the right, and I call it platform. We talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit. We called it, you called it, well, I don't know that you named it. I call it platform. In other words, is the culture, is the company, is the foundation, is the industry, is the space, is the career path the right career Alignment. Path? Alignment. It's all about alignment. Yeah. If, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur in a company that, one, you don't either like the founder or like the company, like what you do on a daily basis, it's not going to work. I love what I do. I've loved what I've done for the last 20 years because I help business owners on a daily basis across the country. That's my passion. That's my why. I found a platform. The perfect platform. I found a platform, just happens to be in finance and banking, and I don't even consider myself a finance or banker. I'm a businessman that can help people acquire the equipment through through my vehicle. But your position at Unify was really the perfect. It was, it was, is when you are an entrepreneur, what will happen is recruiters will start calling you yeah. because you've added value to the organization. Yeah. In whatever industry you're in, it's a small, small world. I don't care if it's finance, if it's marketing, it's a small world. Your phone will start ringing. And as my phone rang, I said, my next role will either be a CEO or president. When you have that, which was projection, call me. Projecting your visualization. Mm-hmm. You knew what the next position was and said, I'm not interested in lateral. Mm-mm. I'm interested in this opportunity. And I stay true to that because the two weeks before I received the phone call for the CEO president's role, I turned down more money than I've ever been offered for a, another general manager type position. And mm-hmm. I thought I was crazy. And I said to Marianne, I go, I'm, I can't believe mm-hmm. I'm turning this down. <laughs> but I stayed true to what I wanted. Yeah. And within two weeks, I had literally two different opportunities. Yeah. And then you start looking at the alignment. One was on the West Coast. One was in Ann Arbor. I started researching Bank of Ann Arbor and, and just success, number two president ever for a company that started in 1978. Very fortunate, very blessed. But to your point, I envisioned it. I put it out to the world, not to sound corny, but I put it out what I wanted. And then I waited for it, and it happened fairly quick. Yeah, it really was the perfect position for you because you got to take over this company, and you got to lead this company, and you had already built the skills, the political skills, to be able to maneuver Mm -hmm. between the two, the big parent and yet the autonomy of yours, which one was – I need my own space. Mm-hmm. Don't move me to headquarters. Right. Leave me. Leave me be. And I, 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 I can't. I can't have everybody dropping in all day long. Correct. And you also knew that headquarters probably wasn't going to drive out to see. Even though it wasn't for, far, they weren't going to come out. And see. I, I don't think my boss has been in my <laughs> yeah, buildings for perfect. two years. It's really important, man. It's so. When it's go time, you need to make sure mm-hmm. that you've set the 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 setup properly. So let's talk about this this functional versus vital. Because 
uh, as our company has grown, I have realized that functional is mandatory. Mm -hmm. It's not sexy and it's not glamorous. And it's hard as a robust sort of push hard leader to recognize that some people just don't want that, man. But everybody wants to be led. Mm -hmm. And so even the functional, so let's define functional. Like in my world and your world, it's operations. Mm -hmm. By the way, it's not Billy in the studio. Billy is not, you're functional, but he has an incredibly creative aspect mm -hmm. of his job, right? And so his is actually a different than functional. Functional is maybe the guy that spits out the widgets all day, mm -hmm. right? Um, and management has to be comfortable with what that person, guy or gal, wants to do. Mm -hmm. And if they want to be a functional employee, they still need all the goodies. Mm -hmm. They have to be treated well. They have to be cared for. They have to be petted. That's probably a bad word, right? In this day and age. In this day and age, it's bad. They have to be cared for. They right. have to be looked after. They have to be communicated with, man. They you can... have to show you have a vested interest in them. Totally, across right. the board. That's freaking leadership, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. Leadership is the ability to drop in no matter what the position of the individual is mm -hmm. and say, I'm good. I'm good with you. Mm -hmm. What do you need from me? We, we what had, do you need from we, me? We had a gentleman that started uh, last Tuesday, customer service. We're growing. We added customer service, younger gentleman. I met with him yesterday afternoon. He was in shock that the CEO was taking time to meet with him for <laughs> half an hour. He told his wife, and his wife said, do you already get in trouble? <laughs> Should I get nervous? I have a vested interest in this young man. I want to know what his aspirations, his dreams yeah. are. Explain my vision. And in, in that same day, I had another gentleman who started six months ago, and he said to me, you know what, RJ, what I love about here is that everyone's trying to make everyone else better every single day and holds each other accountable. Yeah, People want to be attracted. So back to your point of the functional employee, they're just as critical because you can't have a bunch of entrepreneurs running around your building. You can't. You wouldn't be able to operate here yeah. because everyone would want to be doing this initiative, that initiative, make this better, make that better. Who processes the daily business if you're all doing that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So still that 80%. 85% needs to be that functional It's the same employee. thing in the entrepreneurial world, buddy. Exactly. If you're going to go take that leap, you have to be special. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be the entrepreneur, you have, you to, have to be, be special. special too. And when you're special and you can do it without the risk, yes. and it doesn't happen overnight, guess what? CEO for myself started when I was 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took me this long to get there. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that, though. And, and then that, the hard work really begins. As a CEO. When you get well, there. That's because all the, the field has to be seen. Mm -hmm. And that's a very tough place. Mm -hmm. But core values, mission statement, hold your ground, set expectations, open door policy to communicate mm -hmm. through problems. That's mm -hmm. how you win. Mm -hmm. So, And not everyone's going to like decisions that you have to make. And as I say, though, I'm making decisions for the group of everyone. And I'll listen. And we can discuss it, but at the end of the day, when the decision's made, we're moving forward. That's one of the hardest things mm -hmm. as the boss is to be able to see the big picture and, and have to be able to look past the specific individual. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's, it's a hard deal. It's really hard. It's now, hard. my training with that is I coached youth hockey for 15 years. Yeah. Back to a chapter. I was spending a lot of energy with my boys, not so much on my career. So I was coaching, and I was making decisions for 17 families. Yeah. And I would say the same thing to the parents. When I make a decision, it's for seven. it affects 17 families, not just you or Johnny or Jimmy. Yeah, your hard part now, though, is you see these other coaches – some coaching your children and some coaching just, you know, you show up early to the rink and there's a youth mm -hmm. practice going on and you're saying to yourself, oh, my God, this guy's doing it all wrong. All wrong. <laughs> my, my buddy my buddy that was was 
coached under me. When I say under me, he, he, he's younger, so he was my assistant coach for many years. We had some great runs. He made it to this first state championship wow. uh, about three or four weeks ago, and I called him on Saturday morning, talking him through speaking points, you know, his, his feelings, and, and one, one saying that I've learned is ride the wave. You're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, and my bracelets, you know, is a, is a sign of that. So all of a sudden I see on social media all of his parents are, are quoting, ride the wave, ride the wave. And I said, that's a great student loan. That's the student you want, right? They call you for advice. They take yeah. your advice. They implement and execute. I love that. Right? Man. That's what we all want. Not the person who calls you seeking advice and then it's crickets or they don't implement. You know, we talked about this and I mentioned on the podcast before, but I took that, that Bad News Bears team, my son's mm-hmm. team, to the city championship and we won last year in lacrosse. And now, um, I don't think you and I have talked about this, but this is what's interesting. So my son was in fifth grade last year. It's a fifth and sixth grade team. Mm-hmm. They never even asked me to coach the team, the sixth grade team. So it's like the sixth grade black. This is the best team, right? right. They never even asked me to coach the doggone team. And I was like, man, I just won the damn city championship. <laughs> All you guys got your asses kicked. I won the damn thing. You didn't even ask me to coach, right? But here's what happens. Nobody wants to play for this guy, man. These kids, they still can't throw and catch. They're still struggling, but there's infighting. Like a, one of the rules that we had, and I know it sounds simple, but there was absolutely no disparaging on our team. No name calling. It was a safe zone. You may have been picked on at school, mm-hmm. but when you were on my team on that field, nobody was going to pick on you. And guess what? I'm watching it happen. Mm-hmm. That little kid's still getting poked when the coach isn't looking, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it just infiltrates everything. Mm-hmm. The kids don't want to play for the guy. So the responsibility of the leader is, man, you got to bring everybody on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've struggled with that for so many years in here, dude. Mm-hmm. I was a tyrant. And I'm, I'm making the adjustment to try not to. You've done that better. You've been a large group communicator better. Now, maybe also, as an entrepreneur, you can't necessarily be a tyrant, right? Tyrant. Well, no, I think tyrant, if you, I you, think if you ask a lot of people in my office, they might disagree with you at certain times. <laughs> but I think we've learned from each other. And also, when your business is in different phases, where now we're, we're completing our fifth year there, and we've grown at the rate that we've grown, it is a different leadership style that I've taken. But back when, think, it's sort <laughs> of like, it's sort of like when, when you get that first head coaching position, you're going to be successful no matter what, either my way or the highway. Yeah. Now five years into it, and I have four successful years behind me. Yeah. It's a different, softer yeah. style. But I've learned I've, I have to work on it every single day. And the other key component, I've been fortunate enough to surround myself with a good leadership team. Yeah. Where I, when I first stepped in, great people that were there, all right, but I needed to be surrounded by people that, that I knew could help take that business to the next level. So let's go through the recap. There's a guy is a functional employee who believes that he or she should be a vital employee. Step number one is? Take ownership of a certain process or product and bring it to your boss or supervisor with a solution to be able to fix that problem. Or even project. Or a project. Could just be literally a small project. Mm -hmm. I want to change the coloring of whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, show me how you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Take ownership of the project. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I have done well and I'm being underappreciated. They're not, I should be further along. The, the, the hierarchy isn't appreciating me. What does the guy or gal do? You sound like a millennial now. And that's not disparaging on millennials. But it doesn't happen overnight. And, and it, you have to be patient. And then you have to take from what you learned on doing that project 
or product enhancement that you can use in future lives. When I was in Houston, I was working for Key. I told my wife, Marianne, this position, I'm, we're not living in Houston for this position. We're here for the next two positions. Mm. I was always looking out. Yeah. I need to get my knowledge base here. And guess what? I was undercompensated. Mm. I was I was undervalued, underappreciated, and I knew that. But I was looking out. to. I had to pay my dues to get to where I was today. Yeah. Same thing with your example. Just because you do one project for someone, yeah. you're not going to get yeah. a pat on your back. It's not going to be a $5,000 pay increase. It has to be a reoccurring event of you impacting that business organization over and over and over, and guess what? The bar is going to continue to get higher and higher and higher. So it always comes back down to the money. So here's the deal. If you're going to pick those projects, dip your toe in the water. But sooner or later, if you're really going to move up the food chain, whether you move it up as an entrepreneur or you move it up as an entrepreneur, you must have a connection to ROI. Mm-hmm. The stuff you're working on has better move the needle of revenue growth profitability or expense reduction in that organization it's, it's those three things nice stuff nice person cleans up the kitchen that only gets noticed so many times mm-hmm. it gets noticed on the first time you did it and everybody else expects it if you've you now enabled the behavior across your entire organization and no one else is going to do it <laughs> that's awesome that's exactly what happens i don't need to do it because such and such is going to do it Pick the right hill, mm-hmm. and the hill has to be connected to ROI because that will not change. If you are entrepreneur and you think you should be an entrepreneur, the only thing that you're going to be responsible for as the entrepreneur is ROI to get the thing going. Mm-hmm. So it's massive. You you can't just look for nice things. No, You have to f- look for things that generate ROI, net income, or expense reduction. And it doesn't have to be in sales to do that. You can do that within the organization and not be a salesperson because a lot of times everyone says, well, the salespeople are compensated for their return of investment and efforts. You can yeah. be an entrepreneur within a company yeah. and have that same level of return mm. by impacting the bottom line with different things. It's a good call. It's good. You're right, though. You know what? I mean, we're such a sales-centric mm-hmm. organization. We're, oftentimes, I think operations feels as though they can't. So what we do in a leadership capacity is I'm running contests for them. Mm-hmm. I'm saying uh, this month we have a $1,000 uh, contest, $1,000 award for the person who gets the most reviews mentioning your name on Facebook or Google. Well, you don't have to be a sales guy to get that. You're touching the deal. You're calling the customer asking for the insurance certificate. So go ahead and say, hey, mm-hmm. did, were you happy with it? Yeah. Would you mind doing a favor? Just go to our Facebook or our Google page and, and leave a review mention my name. Boom. How, the person who gets the most of those wins a thousand bucks. There's no sales component. That, well, maybe it is a little salesy, but it's not in sales. You're, if you believe in your product and believe in your company, it's not sales. Yeah. You're just asking for them to help the overall company with social media. So, so uh, one last takeaway that I think you do fantastically well, and I'm working to get better at it though, is whether you're in the leadership role or you're in the coming up to the leadership role, you have to know how to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. Don't expect leadership to find it from you and tap you one day and say, you're the greatest. you got to push. You, have, will, you, you have to push. You have to push. And I'll leave you with this one last story. My last organization, I decided to have a Dealer of the Year award. I worked with a marketing department, bought the award. We presented the award. We sent out the press release. I didn't see permission from the president. Mm-hmm. I didn't see permission from the chief sales officer. It happened. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I'm getting a call from the chief sales officer. What the hell did you do? I'm My phone's ringing off the hook of people that didn't win the Dealer of the Year award. I said, you're welcome. What do you mean you're welcome? I said, you're getting phone calls now because people want to win it and earn it. Let's they do it again next year. Business. They want to send us more business. I didn't seek. Per- I- yeah, yeah. 
you, I, you I do think there calculator were, risk. Yeah, calculator your risk. numbers had better have been right on you, that. I was, I was a top <laughs> dog, so so I could stand behind that. But but you have to take calculator risk yeah. to 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 do that. I'm I'm going to go on record. I talk about it in the book. We're talking about it today. I do not believe that most people should be entrepreneurs. I believe most people should work hard to find, develop skills, bring value to the organization, find the right cultural fit, and then go be a doggone entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. The idea, I busted my ass for 15 years watching all of my buddies get paid more than me on this entrepreneurial journey, right? And um, just now, and, and literally I was talking to somebody recently, they were like, you know, how are things going? I'm like, they're great, but not really that great. And it's like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, all I'm doing is dividing the last eight years into 23, mm-hmm. and I'm just making up the gap over the average, right? All those shitty years that I had, I'm just, I'm still doing the division to figure out really what it was. Mm-hmm. So, dude, thanks. I, I respect you as a leader and as a as an owner, and I do know that um, good things come to the people who look for what they're looking for, mm-hmm. and it happened for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happened for me too. Yeah, very blessed. And typically, when you meet people that are, that say they're blessed, or it's you know, they other people say they're lucky and things of that nature. They prepare, they work, yeah. they're disciplined. In your book, you, you, as a matter of fact, I sent you a picture of it. You know, probably the most powerful thing that I read in that book is that being disciplined and not wasting your weekends. Yeah, that's the greatest time to prepare for the week in front of you. And so many people don't do that. It's a really important, and I appreciate you saying that. I remember getting the text. It's it's the power of late nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. It's that chapter, but. Listen, if you're goofing off on your weekends and you think you should be an entrepreneur, you ain't gonna, it, you're not going to. It's the same trade. It's the same. And my boy, Sunday afternoon, knows, holy shit, dad's on the rampage because what I'm doing is preparing for the week. <laughs> and that's by design. So they will have the same habits. <laughs> yes. They will have the same exact habits. Now, it doesn't start Sunday afternoon. It's all weekend long. Like I just said, I'm doing content and social media Saturday morning. That was always my away time to be able to do that with a cup of coffee. Sunday, I'm wrapping it up where we're getting ready to go. Um, yeah. And that's when we're really locked in and focused, either travel, business meetings, things of that nature. Yeah, it is. It's the strategic planning. Mm-hmm. The winging it just doesn't, doesn't work. doesn't work. No. It doesn't, especially in the world that we all live in today. If you wing it, you will not be successful. All right, my friend. Yeah. RJ Grimshaw, RJG Coach. Twitter, rjgrimshaw.com. Uh, LinkedIn, you can Google me. You'll, you'll find Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you ever need anything, you can email me again, rj at rjgrimshaw.com uh, for equipment financing, teamunify.com. Yeah. Um, so thanks for having me. I love, I love having these conversations. Let's go get a steak. Sounds good. All right, buddy. See ya. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.